You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast, interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Alejandra, so good to have you on Real Faith Stories. Looking forward to hearing all that God has done in your life. I'm excited to be here and get to share. Well, we chatted ahead of this conversation about your life as a coach, and you were all in, 100% in on the self-help, right? And (laughs) all the stuff, but you didn't have a relationship with the living God. In fact, it was completely foreign to you, the concept, wasn't it? Sure was. I'd love for you to share your backstory and how you got into coaching and where that led you, and then this event that happened in your life where you literally could not help yourself, but only Jesus could. So let's talk about that. Okay. I got into coaching 21 years ago. It was a thing that was not spoken of. Like No one really knew what life coaching was back then. And so to have been introduced to it at such an early stage was obviously a God moment. And now I know that he was continually guiding me and unfolding the path that he had for me all along, which is just incredible to know his love, even when you don't know his love. Yeah. Yeah. So that was amazing. But I got introduced to life coaching because I myself personally was going through a hardship in life. I found myself pregnant at a pretty young age and the father of my daughter wanted nothing to do with us. So he left two weeks after I found out I was pregnant. Wow. And so I was going through a lot and it was such an early stage of my pregnancy that Brian, I was really considering, do I keep this child or not? Am I going to be a single mother or not? Like do it on my own. So I was really struggling with that. And at the same time, I was a business consultant and I was working with clients and their businesses and focusing on strategies and systems and processes to help them get organized and be more effective in their business. And I started recognizing that, you know, it's not so much the system and strategy that people are missing, it's that they're getting in their own way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And no matter how many systems, structures, processes that, you know, you may learn or have, if you yourself aren't working, then your business isn't going to work. So these two things simultaneously were going on at the same time. And thank God I did decide to keep my daughter. But along with that, I made a decision that I was going to fix myself and started just seeking ways of, okay, how do you fix, quote unquote, fix yourself? And so I went down the traditional therapy path and again, self-help wasn't a big thing at that time, but there were some things And then I had a business client who said, hey, I'm going to this retreat over the weekend. It's a business retreat. Would you like to come? And me being all, sure, I'll check out the competition. Why not? (laughs) I went to this event and one of the classes that they were teaching was a class called Life Works. And I just thought that was fascinating being that we're in this business event and here's this class Life Works. So I sat in the class and I just felt like, okay, whatever this woman, the teacher, the speaker was sharing was just completely resonating with me. And it was very different than the the traditional therapy route that I was going down. And it really honed in on this point of if you're not working, your business isn't going to work because you are your business kind of thing. That's where I was at at the time and, and realizing that 
So after class, I went and spoke to her and she was like, you know, there's something about you and we're looking for a life coach and I think you would be perfect. Wow. <laughs> and for me, my jaw's like, no, my life, I don't even know what that is and my life is a mess. I have no idea what you're talking about. But again, it was that just God nudge of, yeah, I, I knew there was something there. Mm -hmm. And I think the selling point was she said that I would have to go through this life coaching program in order to become certified and start learning how to teach it myself. So I thought, okay, why not? Yeah, I'll do that. So you did it. Now, were you doing it at the same time you were still doing consulting? Yes. Okay. And then eventually shifted just completely over to the life coaching because I found I was genuinely gifted with it. And it was so much more rewarding to see someone make changes in their life than seeing a system work in their business. What was your biggest takeaway in the training at the time? Do you remember? Oh, gosh. I mean, we're digging two decades back, I know. I know. <laughs> we're going way back. <laughs> you know, I, I think the biggest thing was that, but it's just, it's part of where I think we're going to go with this, the whole self-help industry as a whole. But at that time, it was really about, you do have the power, the capability to change. Being armed with that belief, you obviously dove in. And you really started your own consulting yeah. practice. 16 years, you're in it. And then this watershed event happened five years ago. Let's talk about that. What happened? So there was so many things that led up to this moment. I had strayed pretty far from how I had initially saw life coaching and helping others. I became very egocentric. I really felt like I was exempt from hard things happening because I had done the work and I was coaching people to heal and work through their own stuff. And I just had a very big chip on my shoulder. So that was going on. I had stopped doing any kind of self-help work on myself. My father had just passed. He was the first person I had ever lost that was truly close to me. So it was my first experience with genuine grief. And my husband now, we also own a multi-million dollar coffee company in San Diego. And at that time, we were also being sued. Wow. So there was a lot that was going on and it led to just a lot of stress. And I got sick. I ended up in the hospital and while I was there, I had a panic attack and like so severe that they thought I was having a heart attack. Like they were like, let's get the EKG machine on her. And it was just massive. I got stuck in that attack. This is intense. You got stuck in that state of panic. Is that correct? You couldn't get out of it? Uh-huh. No, no. That's overwhelming to hear. Panic attacks, you know, last just a little bit and you'll get over it. You're pegged at a 10 and it was nonstop. Yep. How long did that go on? Oh, it was a good six months that I was at that level. Oh, my word. What was going on physically when you're dealing with that? I was not able to sleep. I had severe insomnia because I could just not calm. You know, I could not rest. There was just the, the feeling of anxiety was just so intense that... Breathing was even hard sometimes. My business was suffering. I had to just let clients go because I could not sustain or maintain. There was just a lot of tears, mm -hmm. a lot of 
medication also, which was something that I had helped people get off of and something that I had been against throughout the 16 years before that of like, you don't need medication to feel good and have a great life kind of thing. And then here I was needing the medication to just help me sleep and even try to have some semblance of normality. But my nervous system was a wreck. Yeah, it was just shaking all the time. Like these are the the physical things that were happening and just mentally trying to find my way through it and understand what was going on and how could this have happened to me. Your website is theballercoach.com. So the baller coach <laughs> needs help. Uh-huh. Exactly. I can't imagine the shame that came with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about being humbled. I was truly humbled because there was some massive shame and guilt mm -hmm. from that. So what was the turning point after six months of dealing with this level 10 stress? I had already started to have a feeling of, okay, there's obviously a reason for this to be going on. And I had started questioning God, and maybe I needed to figure out who this God was. And, you know, throughout the 16 years, I had been more on the like spiritual woo woo. Like, I have a degree in metaphysical sciences. That's the realm that I was focused on. So it's not like I didn't believe that there was a higher power, but it was very much so just like universe and, mm. you know, whatever you believe in or call that energy. So I started questioning, maybe it's not just an energy and there is like a genuine God. And I had also started to apply the work that I had been teaching for so long because I had stopped doing it completely for many years before this happened. So I thought, well, gosh, you know, here I am helping these people and they're getting results. Maybe I should come back to that. So I started doing that as well. And that led to this point where I was seeking, obviously, healing. And one of the things that I was turned on to was craniosacral therapy. And it helps with the nervous system, works with the brain, and it helps the nervous system just to release and calm down and really engage the parasympathetic part of ourselves. And so I gave it a go, which is really an interesting story, too, because I was also seeking nutritional help at the same time, thinking that, okay, this whole gut and brain are so connected. And so I started thinking maybe there's something I'm eating that's also part of this whole thing. And so I was looking for a nutritionalist. And the way I found this craniosacral therapist was I thought he was a nutritionalist because I yelp nutritionalist in my area. And he was the first name that came up. So when I got there for my first session, he's asking me questions and none of it really has to do with food or nutrition. And he had a massage table and he's like, okay, thank you for sharing all. And I obviously shared all the things going on. And he's like, thank you. Let's go ahead and get you on the table. I'm like, wow, this is kind of interesting. What are we going to do? So I, I laid down and was like, okay, if anything weird happens, like you get off the table. Like this is not okay. Yeah. But the moment I laid down, he placed his hands on the side of my head and I instantly felt calm. It was the first time I had felt calmness in six months. Wow. And so he does his whole thing. And after the session, I'm like resting. I think I fell asleep even. So that was huge mm -hmm. at the time. And after the session, he says, you know, I never tell patients anything like this. 
but I kept hearing this voice and it was so strong that I can't not tell you this. And so I'm like, yeah, what, what? And he said, if you find God, you're going to be a happy girl. (laughs) And that was the turning point. That was like, okay, that was confirmation. I'm completely going to go down the path of finding God. I asked him like, well, when are we going to get into the nutritionalist stuff? And he says, nutrition, I haven't done that for like eight years. How did you even find me for nutrition? And I said on Yelp. And he's like, I don't have Yelp. I don't know how you would have found me on Yelp. So that was another confirmation of, okay, Lord, thank you. You're the answer. You know what I love about this story is really, like we said from the beginning, God put you in this business before you even knew him on purpose. And then he leads you to this person who he uses. We don't know if he's a believer or not, do we? At that point, I did not. But yes, he is a believer. Well, then he was using terminology he felt most comfortable with saying, if you find God, you'll have a happy life. Is that what he said? If you find God, you're going to be a happy girl. Happy girl. (laughs) And we want a happy girl, don't we? We want a happy girl, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, what happened next with respect to your journey after that? So, at that point, that's when I had made the decision of I'm going to find who God is. And I immediately just thought of the Bible and I'm going to find him there. So, I had a Bible that my sister had given me over a decade ago that had just sat in my closet. And I'm like, I think I have one. I'm just Mm -hmm. going to pull it out and start reading it. And I obviously had known like there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. And so I just went to the New Testament and John was the first book that I I read. And oh my goodness, two things. One, there was this hunger to know Jesus. Like as soon as I started in the path of reading the Bible, I just wanted to know him. I was chasing him. I sought him. I wanted to know him. Like it makes me want to cry right now. And As I was reading, there was this just profound awareness of all the things from the self-help industry that I had been speaking on or had heard others touch on or these, you know, concepts and methods and theories that had been pulled out of the Bible. Jesus said it first, like, asking you shall receive. Just that simple piece that was extrapolated from the Bible and turned into this whole law of attraction thing or manifestation and all the ways in which you can manifest things. But it's not the actual truth. The actual truth is what Jesus said about. So it was just so many pieces that I found of this is him talking. And we just, throughout time, pulled pieces and turned it into a concept and manipulated and tweaked it to fit the self-help industry instead of giving it the glory of where it comes from and who it's from and why we need it. You're going through this season of getting immersed in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Then you came to a point where you are going to radically shift the way you do coaching. Oh, yeah. Tell me what it was like when you came to that decision. It had been a process. It wasn't like a moment. It had been a a time period. So my own healing, I was getting better, obviously. And I was starting to get off medication and weaning off of that. And that in itself is just very challenging. But I was able to do it. And quickly, apparently, compared to what doctors have shared with me in the past. And so I was seeing the work that I was doing from the work I had always done, 
It's called the 180 method. He had been giving it to me the whole time. I just didn't know it. So as I was getting to know him and deepening my relationship with him and then finally claiming him, he was revealing all the ways in which he had been giving me this method all along. That's so strong. Oh my gosh, yes. And that fundamentally what had been missing was obviously him. So once he'd given me that and I'd made that connection, then it began this process of, okay, I have to change my brand. There's no way I cannot. Now I know the truth. I know him. I've claimed him. And everyone needs to know him. (laughs) There was a lot of doubt of all the years and all the clients I had worked with and what were they going to say and what would that mean for their journeys? Oh, yeah. If they didn't believe and... I could possibly lose everything with this business I had built for so long. So I started dipping my toe in it, so to speak. And I started to talk about God in a live or in a class. And then when my personal clients, I was sharing my personal journey with them and really coming to find out it was the thing that was missing for them too. Jesus was what was missing for them as well. So Having those personal conversations with the current clients I was having was also giving me that understanding and foundation of, okay, this is the direction to go. So it started off slowly and then eventually was just, okay, I'm completely shifting it. And that happened about two years ago. This 180 method that the Lord was opening your eyes to, what does that look like? Help me understand the 180 method, if you would, please. Well, As human beings, we tend to approach things in the same way in the hopes that they're going to change or be different. So true. Thinking of Einstein's quote, right? Yeah, exactly. Which only creates this 360 cycle. So a lot of self-help tools and techniques are external things that you think are helping you internally, but they really don't because they don't last long term. And so what happens is you end up doing a whole bunch of things that you think are different or are causing change only to end up right back where you started. And so the 180 method is really turning the other direction, which of course, coming from Christ also, him telling us to like turn towards him, turn away from and turn towards him. So that's the method of this 180 and the concept of that. And it's not just any kind of difference that you're doing. It's very specific differences that, again, are founded in him that cause true, long-lasting change. When you first started implementing this with your clients, what was your experience and what was their experience? Oh, my gosh. Night and day. They had been having changes and the things that they had wanted to be free from or create were happening, but it's the long-term piece that wasn't. The naturalness of it was missing. So if something doesn't feel natural to us, we will revert back to old ways because in that naturality, there's comfort. And so if the changes aren't occurring naturally, almost to the point where you're kind of like, I know things are changing, but I can't really tell you exactly how or what I'm doing. I just know that they've changed. 
then that's that experience of it being natural versus this, okay, I'm going to change this behavior of avoidance through having a blocked schedule and saying affirmations every morning and meditating every day on myself and creating light in my body doesn't work. That's all self-driven and not long-lasting, and it's not natural because you're having to force yourself to do it. So, enter Jesus Christ into the equation. How do you introduce Jesus to the equation? First, we talk about the difference between healing versus dealing. (laughs) Do you hear a difference between those? Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) A lot of us just deal. Exactly. Yep. And and that's that 360. And it's again, it's not natural. Like he designed us to naturally have healing, but with him, he is our healer, but we have to actively participate in our healing. So first it's talking about that difference between healing and dealing. And then this is where it really comes into play. So as human beings, there's two parts to us. There's the human and there's the being which is why we're called human beings, because we're both while we're here in this fallen world. Now, everything that is a part of that human self is the body and the soul part of us. And so the soul being your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality, your behaviors, your ambitions, all the things that kind of make up the who you are. You know, and sometimes people say body, mind, and soul. And there's also a lot of self-help work that is mindset focused. Mm -hmm. But the mind is a part of the soul. So if you only work on the mind, then you're missing all these other pieces, emotions, behaviors, beliefs, personality. And so the 180 focuses on soul set, not mindset. So the soul is a part of our human self because of all the things that it encompasses. Our being is our spirit, and this is where the Holy Spirit lives within us. Like This is where we're made in His image, and the being is who and what we truly are. And so, when we're born, we're completely connected to that being part of ourselves because we're brand new here. We're still completely in that divine connection. I see it like a rope, like the rope is just... These strands are completely connected to him. But as life starts to evolve and our mind starts to develop and we start to learn behaviors and beliefs from parents or culture, or even religion sometimes, it slowly starts to disconnect us from that being part. And it's like those strands, you know, like the rope that the strands start to like break. So through the healing of this 180, we reconnect those strands. And come back to really embracing and taking ownership of who we truly are and healing all those parts of the human self that have disconnected us from the being. You know, what's amazing to me, too, here is God's given you an evangelistic tool to win people to Christ. Yeah, it's so fascinating that you say that because I feel like I'm not good at being an evangelist. But this is my way in which he's gifted me, which is why... He used me to have gone through this industry the way that I did first and then come to fully on my knees moment of darkness where he just pulled me out and was like, okay, now we have work to do. I needed to know both sides. There's an incredible authority that comes with the experience you have on both sides now. You can speak to it 
very clearly. I'm curious if you have an example of an experience one of your clients had where you introduced Jesus to them in this process and they had this aha, overwhelm moment where they received him. Yeah. One of the ways I also introduce him is talking about what we need to be filled with and how we're designed to be filled. I use this analogy with this particular client of a car, a car manufacturer that designed the car specifically for diesel. But if you decide, hey, I think premium is supposed to be the best kind of gas and if I put that gas in my car, like it's going to run better and greater than diesel. And so you put premium gas in a car that was specifically designed for diesel, what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. We can only be filled with what we were designed to be filled with. And you can make different decisions to fill yourself with other things, but you will not work. It will not work. And it was this profound moment of like, okay, I had never thought of it that way. And there's then the opening of allowing him in. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we're looking for here is that opening to allow him in. And you know what's fascinating, Brian, is I thought I was going to end up working with a lot of people who didn't know him. But what I found is that I'm actually working more with people who have known him but had some kind of religious trauma Mm. or know him and have a deep faith, but there's still so many things in their personal lives that they believe about themselves or that they doubt or that they falter in. And so it's more of that deepening of that relationship with him. What an amazing assignment God's given you to help people out of that. And all sorts of incredible things happen, like this particular client that I'm thinking of, I, I work with couples, and so this was actually the gentleman. I work with mainly women, but I also do couples coaching. And so this happened to be a gentleman, and he was really struggling with being like his father, who was very aggressive and abusive to him as a child. But So, of course, he learned those same behaviors and views of himself. And so now in his relationship, something happens, and he just immediately reverts to that aggression and it was causing, as you can imagine, severe disconnect within the relationship. And so now that he's been open and receiving Jesus, his reactions are completely shifting or 180. I just had a message from his partner the other morning, and she was saying, I cannot believe I saw it happen, that he was starting to go there and he was able to stop. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so there's a specific. Well, there's three points that you shared with me that I'd like to riff on for a few minutes here. And the first one is, and we've already touched on this, that self-help doesn't help. I'm just going to read these. The second is, he will never give up on you. And third, the problems of life allow you to grow spiritually. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the first one, self-help doesn't help. That's really your message now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's it right there. Even the language. self help, self-development, self-improvement. Like it's all based on the self, which coming back to that human being is all very human-based and ego 
focused and we all have an ego. We're not all egotistical, but we all have an ego, which you may have heard the acronym edging got out. Yeah. And so you're only reliant upon self. And that is when you force things or are trying to change your mind subconsciously, but you're doing it all alone and with your limited power. Yeah. Total frustration. Yeah. And that's where we end up 316 and dealing. Tell me about he will never give up on you no matter what. Yeah. I feel like I had just gone into such a dark place. I wasn't necessarily doing horrible things, but just who I was being was dark. And so for him to just love me as much as he did and still does, it doesn't change. Like I completely get that and see that now that doesn't matter what I've done or where I've been or what I've been doing. His love was still there, just like it is now when I'm in total worship of him. Oh, I love hearing that. And then the problems of life allow you to grow spiritually. That's a powerful truth, isn't it? So much of what we talk about in the 180, again, comes back to this natural place. Not that you want to invite problems in, so to speak, but get to the place of being able to take ownership. A lot of the healing has to do with getting to a place of ownership because what you don't own owns you. Yeah. And so when there is this ownership of allowing the challenges, the problems in life to occur, you are able to spiritually grow. Like just a few weeks ago, I was in the car driving home and just in tears of gratitude for that year that was so incredibly hard and that I felt like I was never going to come out of and that I would never want to have happen again. But the amount of gratitude and thankfulness for having gone through that was just like so profound that I'm just like blubbering in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I remember dropping our oldest daughter off at college and her roommate had a sign above her desk and it said embrace struggle. And when I saw it, my response in my body was, whoa. But in my heart, it was like, that is truth. Yeah. And it was a visceral reaction when I saw it. That's why I'm even mentioning it, because that is the key, as you're describing, to our moving forward in our relationship with the Lord, isn't it? Yeah. Not only does it bring us closer to Him, but there's this up level spiritually because you get to know a part of Him that wasn't revealed to you before. You couldn't have received before had you not gone through the hardship, the challenge, problem, and surrendered into Him. And then He reveals or shows this deeper layer of Himself within you. And then you up level. And then in your up level, you know, something else comes up that's like, you know, oh gosh, this is challenging, hard, but it is. This is how we spiritually grow. I like how you just said, surrender into him. That's mm -hmm. such a beautiful picture. How can people find out more about you, Alejandra? Instagram is my main area that I post, but I do also have a YouTube channel. So both are The Baller Coach. And then my website, likewise, is theballercoach.com. Okay. As we finish here, I would love to have you pray for our listeners, please. Yes. Thank you. Heavenly Father, what a beautiful conversation we just had. And Jesus, I ask that you just let this message speak into the hearts of those that needed to hear it and to open up 
their heart, their soul, all of them to be able to receive what you have shared and given through both Brian and I today. And I'm just in awe of your graciousness and your goodness and your love and so thankful that I was able to see you and be brought to you and that you speak through me and all the work that Brian does and how he shares and contributes and and the mission and purpose and calling that you have him doing. And thank you for his gifts that you work through in him. And to all these people, again, listening, may they be blessed. May they hear beyond the words that we are saying with their just complete connection to you, Lord. Thank you. Pray in your name, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much, Alejandra. It was such a gift to hear your story today. Thank you. Likewise, I appreciate you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.